Even if you are supremely confident in your abilities and qualifications, job hunting can be a little nerve-wracking. No matter how good your skills may be, there could be someone with better skills. Now imagine how daunting the process can be for people who've got gaps in their resumes, gaps caused by serving time in jail or prison for breaking the law. Not every employer wants to hire someone with a conviction on their record. So how does a person with a record approach the job search? Our next guest answers that question a lot because he does it for people. Nathan Beard runs Nathan Beard Job Development and works on a contract with Jackson County Community Justice with pro, pro, parole and probation clients. Nathan, thanks for joining us on the Jefferson Exchange. Hey, you're welcome. Good morning. So how did you get into this line of work? Well, I uh, moved to Salem for one year when my wife was going to Willamette University, and I got a job at a place called Street Vision that was uh, run by Catholic Community Services, and that was my first job working with people that were uh, adjudicated. They were under the supervision of Oregon Youth Authority. And I just had fun with it. It was uh, working in a group home. The kids were uh, all had all had criminal history, and they all were going to schools all over Salem. So I got to see how their programs worked. And then part of it was they were trying to get jobs um, in their off time in the summer. And uh, it wasn't all about employment at that point, but that's that was my first experience working with people in the system, so to speak. And, and is employment as difficult as I think we would imagine it to be, uh, trying to get a job for somebody who's got a record? I think trying to get a really good job it is. I, I found in the last three or four years, it's this is actually a better time to be looking for work with a criminal history if there is such a thing as a better time, meaning that there, the job market is such, in Oregon especially, that there are so many job openings that employers are more willing to take a chance on somebody with a criminal history because they have to. And and because they, they've also found that they can be just as good or better of an employee as someone without a criminal history because oftentimes they have more on the line, those applicants, so they have more motivation to do a good job. Have things improved just in terms of, I know a couple of years ago, Oregon passed a ban-the-box law, so so uh, you can't ask somebody if they've got a, a felony conviction on the application, is that right? Right, but, but oftentimes when employers will meet with someone, they will... They'll ask anyway while they're talking to them. So, so yes, it's improved in terms of an online application or a paper application. I think it's imp- improved for the applicant, where they might feel more comfortable because they feel like, okay, I don't have to disclose that, you know, ba- that part of my history right away. So maybe it evens the playing field a bit. But they, they are always, most of the time, they're going to end up asking though as part of the interview process, or they're going to run a background check which can be as simple as just going to Google and looking up somebody's name. I mean, that's the thing. You can't hide the criminal history. It's not like it has to be an official background check by a national company. Like, I could go on and Google and look somebody up and find out, you know, if they've been in jail because there's websites that have their pictures and their charges listed and stuff like that. So so what are some of the first steps you lay out for somebody who, uh, who is seeking employment after they've been incarcerated? Well, I like to get to know them a bit. Um, you know, I can get them ready in terms of documents, uh, making a resume, making a cover letter, finding some good leads for the type of work they have an experience in. That can take just a couple hours. But I like to find out what are the barriers to their employment? Like what's their transportation situation? What's their health like? Um, really important one, what is their schedule and that transportation together? What are their commitments that are mandated or by le- legally mandated, like court-ordered? Like you have to go to this group with OnTrack or with the ARC um, at a certain time, two days a week. So you need to know that going in, or that person needs to know that when they go apply for a job, and their employer needs to know that. So I try to find jobs that they could get that wouldn't take away from their recovery. Let's say they have alcohol and drug treatment, which is often is common. Um, so it's not just the job. It's like, how does the job work with the other things that are just as, if not more important? You have a, a visit at the DHS uh, 
office with your child that you get once a week. Well, you can't miss that. So you can't take this full-time job because you have to go to the visit and they want to go to the visit. So, so it's not just like, hey, you get a job. Now it's all, it's all taken care of. It's like there's so many other barriers or parts of the schedule that are just as important. That's a real level of coordination necessary. Yes. And, and, it's, and it could be stressful. You know, maybe they're looking for a place to live. Maybe they, uh, maybe they don't get along with the person that they're sharing, uh, taking care of this child with. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of, and they just got out, right, back into, the, into, pub, into society. Let's say they were actually in prison. Some of them will say, well, just going on the bus or going to Walmart is just overwhelming. So just being out there is one thing. So I try to find out how long have you been out? How are you doing? Are, are you comfortable? Uh, to find out, you know, I don't want to just rush somebody into a job because that could backfire. But so. is a job often a requirement of uh, it, parole and probation? It is. It, it's a requirement. And, you know, let's be honest, it's just a monetary requirement. I mean, even if they're going to treatment, they're uh, doing what they're supposed to do, following all the rules, well, they have to pay for a lot of that. So they need money. I mean, it's the bottom line is that at some point within a few months of getting out, if they don't have independent resources in place that can stay for free, they're going to need money. Nathan so. Beard is our guest on the Jefferson Exchange. He runs Nathan Beard Job Development and works with Jackson County's Parole and Probation Office, helping people with criminal records get employment or at least seek employment. You can join the conversation on the exchange. Many questions you may have about the process and the people. 800-838-3760 to join the conversation by phone, by email. It's jx at jeffnet.org. How, uh, how big a difference can that be for a person who's, who's been in lockup? I mean, they were in a, generally a very structured environment. And now, as you mentioned, they have to do things for themselves, like figure out how to catch the bus, where, all that sort of thing. Oh, it's, I, I can only imagine. I mean, for instance, when I was working at the Community Justice Transition Center, I would, I would work with federal clients through the Bureau of Prisons. And they, so they might have had a long-term sentence. Like, for instance, there was a guy that I worked with that had been in prison for 12 years. So in prison, he said, you know, he was the first guy that told me about the game or the, the rules of engagement in a long-term prison sentence. Uh, things that are held dearly. Okay, we're eating. We're at the. We're in the the cafeteria. Nobody's going to burp at the table, or nobody's going to interrupt. Nobody's going to reach across your plate. Those are like big time, you know, uh, fouls in that in that um, at, at the table. And so this guy came into the transition center where he's maybe with a younger population that hasn't been to prison, but they're on probation. And so it's a different mentality. They they're not. They haven't been clean that long, perhaps. Uh, they're rude. They're loud, in his opinion, you know. So he he's coming in thinking, my gosh, I can barely even deal with this place. And it's not because it's hard to do time there, but it's because the people aren't used to, uh, you know, the the prison rules of like where everybody everything's set, it's spelled out. There's no there's no gray area for the behaviors when you're interacting with the other inmates. Huh. So some some conformity expected, even in, even in that environment, away from from society. Where Oh yeah, there's all sorts of other conformity. I, I think there's there's a misnomer that people think, oh, it's it's prison. You know, it's just a bunch of people that have messed up. It's like, well, maybe it is, but they're but they're humans, and they and they have their own culture, and they have to coexist for long periods of time in small spaces. So they figure it out. You know, there's a pecking order. There's a groups they can go with. You you, uh, you put a, out a booklet, and it starts with gathering up the necessary documents to apply for a job. Well, given the upheaval in the life of a person who's been locked up, can it be hard just to get through that step? Yes, I think that's a very important one. Gathering uh, information, obtaining official documents, you know, getting getting official, I like to call it. Um, and I have a, on my website, I have a, a template, you know, of how to do that. You know, getting, uh, first they have to get their birth certificate, then they have to get um, the ID because to get their social security card, they need their ID. So you have to go through the process in the right order. But then 
after they have all those documents, gathering work history information. It can take, you know, it, it doesn't take super long, maybe a few hours, but it can be pretty daunting calling places they worked 10 years ago, trying to find out if they still have a record of their employment. But it's all worth it. If they can get that information, then they're going to, when they turn in applications that are completed and have phone numbers and have references, they're, they're going to get a job. And, and if they turn them in where they say, oh, I, I worked at this place in California. I don't remember what town. I don't remember the phone number. You know, it's just going to look better. So it does take a lot of time. And I think it's daunting. But that's, well, and that's, that's what I help them do. You know, I, I can sit down. I can make those calls. We can look up the addresses on the internet. Um, you know, make it not as daunting. You're going to stand next to them and help them be their advocate. I didn't name the booklet. It's called Getting a Job on the Outs, a Guide to Seeking and Obtaining Employment for Individuals with a Criminal History. So so uh, assuming they can pull all the documents together, though, I mean, how approach the, uh, the detailing of a, of a resume or a job history when there are likely going to be gaps there? Well, if they have an explanation and it doesn't have to be long and and that's getting a job on the outs um, by the way that that that's that's a booklet they could use for the whole process uh, but it has a section about that like how to explain the work gaps or the prison time which is often the same same thing or they weren't clean and sober and they had jobs for two or three months at a time and they'd get a big paycheck and never come back so what's the explanation well my my point is to them is always it doesn't have to be that long if they're doing well at the time and they have a good resume, all they have to do is, and it's not simple, but they need to practice it, say, you know, I do have a criminal history in my past. I suffered through addiction for several years, but now I've been clean and sober for 13 months. Um, I just made a new resume. I have good people in my life. I have a support system and I'm ready to go back to work. And that's it. You know, two or three, four sentences, whatever that was, you know, just something quick. And, And if they have it together and they can say it, well and practice it. Well, an employer is going to be sympathetic to the fact that they disclose that information. Most of the time, people appreciate the honesty. So even if the honesty is saying, hey, I have this maybe 10 felonies in my past, well, a lot of people that are employers, they might know somebody that has a felony or they might have a family member that struggled with addiction. So if someone's willing to disclose that, they're going to respect that person, I think. And that's what I try to convince them is like, hey, you know, it's going to be hard, but the more you do it, the better you're going to feel about explaining it and the better you'll be more confident. So I I try to tell them, go out and apply for jobs and and don't even think necessarily you're going to get them. Just go through the motions. Go out and get comfortable approaching an employer and just dropping off your resume and that, you know, just getting acclimated to being out in the public again. You mentioned things are pretty good at this moment in history um, because obviously the the, the economy is humming along and and there are lots of jobs getting created and and, uh, lots of job openings. So employers will, uh, are, are willing to take lots of people in lots of circumstances. But in general, have you found that there's some reluctance or is it is it a little more nuanced than that, depending on the employer and the position? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the point. It's the employer, it's the position, it's the responsibility of the job. Let, let me give you some like a detailed example. So if someone has identity theft as a charge, right? They stole a credit card, they stole someone's mail, that charge they're not going to get hired as to be a cashier. So I, I think it's nuanced in that if people know, and so that's what I'm trying to figure out is where the jobs are, what charges, specific charges could this person not get hired at this specific business and what could they get hired for? So that that's kind of, that's my job is to figure that out and try to help the client or the person avoid that. So, so yes, there are employers that would be reluctant to hire people with certain charges, but then in a different line of work, let's say, um, building uh, walls for houses, building frames for houses. They might not do a background check. So, you know, it's knowing that which industry 
is more accepting or uh, has to be more accepting of, of the charges because they need the bodies, you know. Nathan Beard is our guest on the Jefferson Exchange. He runs Nathan Beard Job Development and also works with the parole and probation office in Jackson County, helping place people who have uh, who are looking for work after they spent time in lockup. You can join us on the exchange. Your questions and comments are welcome by phone at 800-838-3760, by email jx at jeffnet.org. So do you pretty much, uh, I, I would think by this point, you've gotten so much familiarity with uh, some employers that uh, a lot of them are just sort of like their phone numbers are in their heads and you just pick up the phone and call them? I do pick up the phone and call them, but I like to, um, well, first of all, I let the client lead the process. So I, I try to like, I try to let the client find out what the client's capable of, what type of work they're looking for. And then, yes, I do have like employers in mind, but I don't, I don't have, it's not like I'd call an employer and say, okay, well, I've got another person that has three assault charges. Do you want them? You know, it's not, it's not going to be like that. But in the back of my mind, I'll, I'll think, okay, this person's been clean and sober this long. They're serious. They got their license back. They have the custody of their children back. Like I can tell they're making a really strong Those uh, other effort. details do help, it sounds like. You oh, got a license back, got your children back. These are big details. They are huge details. And if you can tell an employer, well, yeah, I didn't have my license for years. I was going through addiction. I was in and out of jail. But now... I have worked to get my license back. I have a car. I have reliable transportation, which is a big thing to employers for people without criminal history. Can you get to the job site? You know, and so that's a huge barrier for a lot of people on probation. They don't have their license. So yeah, if you have your license back, you have custody of your children. Well, then that shows you're taking care of business and you have you're doing what you're supposed to, and you're ready to work. You know, you're, you're serious. So that that means a lot. How many people are you going to work with in a given year? I mean, how many people come through your office looking well, for? I, situations. W- when I was at the probation office, I was seeing like 80 people a month when I had three off days of office hours, but I don't have the, those office hours anymore. But I'd say I'm working with maybe 20 to 30 people a month. And and since I, I was in an article in the Mail Tribune, I started getting a lot of phone calls. And so I'm just helping people that'll call and say, hey, I, I want to get a job in the medical community. Uh, how's that work with background checks? So they're not necessarily my clients that I'm getting paid to work with, but I'm just giving them the information because um, I just feel like the more people that have the information, it helps employers and it helps the applicants. So they might not, both of them don't have to waste their time in the process. You've been at this long enough. I think you probably have uh, some people coming back to you after several years and telling you what their, their various success stories have been. Sure. Uh, so are they, are they, you have some some good things to tell? Uh, from the employer's perspective or the clients or both? Or? Well, I'm both, but yeah. generally the client is what yeah, I'm thinking. The clients, uh, yeah, I, I have, I've worked with a guy that I did work with on probation for about eight, 10 years, just in different capacities, not necessarily just finding him a job. And he, he got a job at a place, Highway Products in White City, and he's been there for over a year. That's the place with the truck bed. Right yeah, they make yes, the truck bed liners road, yeah. and uh-huh. the, uh, yeah, that's right. And the toolboxes, they fabricate, you know, aluminum welding, they make boats, they do all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and, and again, I'm not going to speak for Highway Products, but he works there and I know it's gone really well and he's received several raises and he's, uh, you know, got a, still got a good place to live. He's clean and sober. Um, so I've had good feedback. Yeah, people will, if I have a good rapport with them and I run into them, they'll give me an update like, yeah, you know, this is going really well. Or they'll say, oh, no, I quit that job, but I got another one, you know. So it's it's good. I mean, it's I'm lucky because I get to work with people when they're really motivated and I'm a positive 
Like if they're if they're assigned to work with me, it's for a good thing. We're gonna get we're gonna get you a job. It's not like hey, you're gonna come and take a drug test with me, and I, I might throw you in jail. So, but but you know those people are really important too. Mm-hmm. The probation officers, all those other people, they work really hard, and they're supporting these people in different ways. So but they have a different role, as you yeah, point out. Right. Yeah. One of the uh, the bits of advice I noticed you give in the in the uh, the booklet, getting a job on the outs, is keep doors open and don't burn bridges. So so don't get angry. Don't don't slam doors. Don't, right. Right. If you, if you taking rejection with class, that's another. Uh, section in getting a job on the outs, and it, it basically, you know, you're, you may get rejected quite often. You might you might go to places you think you could work at, and you're probably qualified to work there. But then they're going to find out, oh, you did four years in prison. Well, they they might reject you. So know that ahead of time. But don't the way that the person accepts that rejection can, is huge. So I'll t- another a quick story at the transition center, a guy applied for a job at Sherry's. He was a chef, and this guy had been a chef for years and years, different restaurants, but he had also been in prison for years and years. So he went to Sherry's, he applied, and he said, you know, um, I, I can really cook, I can do all this stuff. In fact, I've worked at a similar restaurant before, and they said, you know, we can't hire you right now, we're just, we don't want to, and, and they didn't at first. But he said, you know, I understand, thanks so much for your time, I appreciate it, and it's no big deal, you know, thanks, and, and keep my resume, you know, if you ever change your mind, give me a call back. And uh, about a week later, they called him back, at the transition center and hired him and he ended up working there full time. And it was because they said, hey, when we when we told him we didn't want to hire him, he shook our hand, he looked us in the eye and he said, hey, I, I understand. Thanks so much for your time anyway. And so I rem- I'll never forget that because then the guy was gone all, all the time because it's a transition housing so he could leave and go to work. And it was great. He had a full-time job. He was happy and they were happy. He was a great chef because he filled a need for them and he was ready to go. And, and then, you know, and I try to tell that to employers, like some of these people are ready, you know, they're, they want the job badly because it makes them feel really good. They need it. They need the money. So they're a, they're a good applicant. And, and that was a great story because then he, he, he had his job and he was on his way. So Nathan Beard's job is helping people find jobs when they get out of lockup. So he's talking about people with criminal records. He, is, uh, he works his own business, Nathan Beard Job Development, and works through the parole and probation office in Jackson County. He's also written a booklet to help people uh, use the techniques that he's developed called Getting a Job on the Outs, a guide to seeking and obtaining employment for individuals with a criminal history. We have links to uh, the Nathan Beard Job Development site with a lot of the same information there. Nathan Beard, thanks for joining us and uh, filling us in on what's going on out there.